HelloFresh.com. Take the stress out of mealtime. America's most popular meal kit. Why HelloFresh? No skimping on the chicken or steak or fish or plant protein. No commitment whatsoever. Skipping weeks or canceling is super easy. The most five-star reviews. HelloFresh has huge recipe selection. Wells week after week. Fresh and affordable. Chef-created delicious from $7.99 a meal. Once inside each box, easy to follow recipes with clear nutritional info. Free portion ingredients straight from the farm. Convenient meal kits that fit perfectly in the fridge. After a fun cooking experience that makes you feel unstoppable. Over 25 fresh recipes a week every week. Easy meals designed for professional chefs and nutritionists. 20 minute meal. Kraft burger. Taste tours. One pot wonder. Veggie gourmet. Kid approved. Flexible plans. Skip weeks, swap recipes, and cancel anytime. Only order what when you want. No commitments. Good morning. Here is The More Murders, uh, Ian Brady and Myra Henley, Part 2. Henley was told that she should spend 25 years in prison before being considered for parole. The Lord Chief Justice agreed that recommend it with that recommendation in 1982, but in January 1985, Home Secretary Leon Britton increased her tariff to 30 years. By that time, Henley claimed to be a Reformed Catholic. Downey's mother was at the center of a campaign to show that Henley was never released from prison and until her death in February 1999. She really gave television and this is whenever Henley's release was rumored in February 1985. Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher told Britton that his proposed minimum sentence of 30 years for Henley and 40 years for Brady were too short, saying, I do I do not think that either of these prisoners should ever be released from custody. The crime was the most hideous and cruel in modern times. In 1987, Henley admitted that the plea for parole she had submitted to the Home Security eight years earlier was on the whole a pack of lies, and to some reporters, her cooperation in the searches on Saddlemore more appeared to uh, appeared a cynical gesture aimed at ingratiating herself to parole authorities. Then Home Secretary David Waddington imposed a whole life tariff on Hindley in July 1990 after she confessed to having been more involved in the murders than she admitted. Hindley was not informed of the decision until 1994 when the law lords ruling obliged the prison sentence to inform all life sentences and the minimum period they must serve in prison before being considered for parole. In 1996, the parole Board recommended that Henley be moved to an open prison. She inject, rejected the idea and in the, in the early 1980 was moved to the medium security high point prison. The House of Lords ruling left open the possibility of later freedom, but between December 1997 and March 2000, Henley made three separate appeals against her, against her life tariff, claiming she was a reformed woman and no longer a danger to society, but each was rejected by the courts. When in 2002 another life sentence prison challenged the home security's power to set minimum terms, Henley and hundreds of others, so those terrorists whose terrorists had been released by politicians, looked likely to be released. Henley released the scene. Imminent and plans were made by supporters for her to be given a new identity. Home Secretary David Blunkett ordered, creator, ordered Greater Manchester Police to find new charges against her to prevent her release from prison. The investigator was headed by Superintendent Tony Brett and initially looked at charging Henley with the murders of Reed and Bennett, but the advice given by government lawyers was that because of the DPP's decision taken 15 years earlier, a new trial would probably be considered an abusive process. 
On November 25, 2002, the law, or, well, the law lords agreed that judges, not politicians, should decide how long criminals spent behind bars or stripped of stripped home security of the powers to set minimum sentences just prior to this. However, on November 15, 2002, Hindley, age 60, died from bronchial pneumonia at West Suffolk Hospital. She was a 40-day 40 a day smoker who in 99 had been diagnosed in China and hospitals after suffering her brain aneurysm. Camera crews stood rank and file behind, still bears outside the outside, but none of Hindley's relatives were among the small congregation of eight to ten people who attended a short service at Cambridge Crematorium. Such was the strength of offer of reeling. Such was the strength of, of feeling more than 35 years after the murders that a reported 20 local undertakers refused to handle her cremation. Four months later, her ashes were scattered by her ex-partner Patricia Cameron, less than 10 miles, 16 kilometers from Saddleworth Moor in Staley Bridge County Park. Fears were expressed that the news might result in visitors choosing to avoid the park, a local beauty spot, or even the, that the park might be vandalized. Aftermath, Smith became reviled by the people of Manchester for Thatcher profiting from the murders. During the trial, Maureen, eight months pregnant, was attacked in the in the lift of the building which she and David lived. Their home was vandalized. They rigorously received hate mail, and Maureen wrote that she could not let her children out of her sight when they were small. After declining to prosecute the news of the world, Jones came under political pressure to impose new regulations on the press, but was elected to elect it on checkbook journalism. Instead, he accepted uh, to offer accepted the offer of the press council to produce a declaration of principle which was published in November 1960, including rules for bidding, forbidding criminal witnesses being paid or interviewed, but the news of the world promptly rejected the declaration and the council had no power to enforce its provisions. After stabbing another man during a fight in an attack, he claimed it was triggered by a the abuse he had suffered since the trial, Smith was sentenced to three years in prison in 1969. The same year, his children were taken into the care of the local authority. Maureen moved from Underwood Court to a single-bedroom property and found work in the department store. Subjected to whispering campaigns and petitions to remove her from the estate where she lived, she received no support from her family. Her mother had support. Her mother had supported Myra during the trial. On his release from prison, Smith moved in with a 15-year-old girl who became his second wife and won custody of his three sons. Maureen managed to repair the relationship with her mother and moved into a council property in the Gorton. She divorced Smith in 1993 and married a lawyer driver, Bill Scott, with whom she had a daughter. Maureen and her immediate family made regular visits to see Hindley, who reportedly adored her niece. In 1980, Maureen suffered a brain and Maureen suffered a brain hemorrhage. Hindley was allowed to visit her in the hospital but arrived an hour after her death. Sheila and Patrick Kilbright were there by then divorced, attended Maureen's funeral thinking that Hindley might be there. Patrick mistook Bill Stoddard from a previous vision for Hindley and tried to attack her. Shortly before her death at the age of 70, Sheila said, if she, Hindley, ever comes out of jail, I'll kill her. It was a threat repeated by her son Danny and and Ann West. In 1972, Smith acquitted of the murder of his father, who had been suffering from terminal cancer. He pleaded guilty to manslaughter and was sentenced to two days in detention. He remarried and moved to Lincolnshire with his three sons of exonerated of any participation in the Morris murders. 
by Hindley's confession in 1987 and 2011. He, he co authored the book Witness with biographer Carol Ann Lee. He died in Ireland in 2012. <coughs> <coughs> in 1977, a BBC television debate it discussed segment arguments for and against Pirate Henley's release with Lord Longford, a Roman Catholic convert on the side who argued that Henley should be released, and Downey's mother argued against Henley being released and threatening to kill her were, were the release to occur. Reed's mother was admitted to Springfield Mental Hospital in Manchester. She was present under heavy sedation at the funeral of her daughter on August 7, 1987. Five years after the son was murdered, Sheila and Patrick Kilbride divorced. Downey's mother died in 1999 from cancer to the, uh, cancer of the liver. Since her daughter's death, she had campaigned to ensure that Henley remained in prison, and doctors said that the stress had contributed to her, the severity of her illness. Bennett's mother continued to visit herself with Moore, where it is believed that Bennett is buried. She died in August 2012. Manchester City Council decided in 1987 to demolish the house in which Brady and Henley had lived at Wardlebrook Avenue and where Downey and Evans were murdered, citing evidence, citing excessive media interest in the property, creating, perp, creating unpleasantness for the residents. Last thing, notoriety. The photographs and tape recorded the torture of Downey exhibited in court and the nonchalant responses of Brady and Henley helped to ensure their lasting notoriety. Brady, who said that he did not want to be released, was rarely mentioned in the news, but Henley's insistent desire to be released made her a figure of public hate, especially as she failed to confess involvement in the Reed and Bennett murders for 20 years. Henley's role in the crimes also challenged gender norms. Her betrayal of material stereotypes fed her public perception of inherent evil and made her a postal girl for moral panics about serial murder and pedophilia in subsequent decades. Her off- often reprinted photograph taken shortly after she was arrested is described by some comments as similar for them for the mythical Medusa and according to author Helen Birch was has become synonymous with the idea of feminine evil. Given Henley's status co-defendant in the first serial murder trial held since the abolition of the death penalty, retribution was a common theme among those who sought to keep her locked away. Even Henley's mother insisted that she should die in prison, partly for fear for Henley's safety. Some communists expressed a view, the view that of the two, Henley was the more evil. Longford, Lord Longford, Catholic campaigned to secure to secure the release of celebrated criminals, Henley in particular, which earned him constant derision from the public and the press. He he described Henley as a delightful person and said you could loathe the you you could loathe what people did, but not not but should not loathe that they were because human personality was sacred, even though human behavior was often was very often appalling. Tabloid newspapers branded him a loony and a do-gooder for support, supporting Hindley, whom they described as evil. She became a long-running source of material for the press, which printed embellished tales of her cushy life at the five-star Cookhamwood prison and her liaison with prison staff and other inmates. 
The case has been dramatized on television twice in See No Evil, The More Murders, and the award-winning Hungford, both 2006. The book The Lonesome Couple by Edward Gorey, Mead, 1977, was inspired by the Morris Murders, Manchester band, the Smith song, Suffer Little Children from the 1985 subtitle debut album, was also inspired by the case. According to the 2022 documentary, Rose West and Myra Hindley, their untold story with Trevor McDonald, Myra, and the other British serial murderer Rose, Rosemary West grew close in jail, bonding ever, bonding over the similar crimes <coughs> they then had an affair which cooled as they became rivals to be prison royalty. N- notes. Brady told police 30 years later that everything he had ever done, he was in crime and pun- was in crime and punishment. Brady also claimed that Dostoevsky and Nish were his biggest influences. Brady made more than one copy of the tape recording. The version played in court was 60 minutes in length. Brady psychiatrist Chris Kells writes, "So there was a gap in the murder cycle. This is not unusual with serial killers, but in most cases, the gaps between murders." get shorter, not longer. The so-called not cooling off period diminished on the timeline. In Brady's case, this did not happen. It went the other way. So their next killing, i.e. Evans, was out of sequence. It went badly wrong for pretty much everyone concerned, not least their victim. Thank you for listening to this two-part true crime story. Have a good week and stay safe.